I'm Kate. I'm Ty. And I'm Dane. And we're New Law. And you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Good, how are you? Uh, I mean, I'm glad you asked. I'm doing great. Imagine if I just wasted the next 20 minutes of this podcast just going like, I'm doing great, all things are great, blah, 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 and then went into like a whole detailed story, but that's, that's all the time we have, but thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. um, we want to hear about your problems, we want to hear what your yeah, problem yeah. is. <laughs> well, you know, I have, uh, I'm, I'm doing okay, uh, COVID's really being a pain in the ass, blah, 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 and then it's like, well, that's all the time we have for new law. Thanks for staying tuned for the episode. They'll be like, I didn't hear them say sing- one single word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about, because I know, you know, anytime you have a brother or a band, like the Jonas Brothers, Hanson, I know that's a little bit dated there, but do you ever mesh? Do you ever bump heads, even when you were just growing up? Yeah, we never mesh. Uh, I <laughs> struggle the whole time. Um, no, I mean, we, we grew up together. We were all homeschooled growing up, so like, for a large portion of our lives, we were hanging out together, you know, every day, every lunch, after school, all the time. So we, we've learned how to deal with conflicts pretty well. I think that helped us bond as brothers, like, quite well. So we actually surprisingly don't get on each other's nerves. At least I don't think too much, but... Well, there's always this interview to blow it up. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> at, like, like I mentioned to Ty earlier, it's like at the end of the interview, it's just they're like, you know what? Forget it. No more new law. You said some bad things about me. It's like, no, come back, come back. We're, we're still new law. It's like, oh, no. It's like local uh, Newfoundlander breaks up a Calgary band out west of it. Like, just another day in the yeah. office. Uh, <laughs> when did you guys kind of come together collectively and say, you know, let's let's do this as a band? Because I'm sure there's, you know, periods when you're maybe eight or nine going like, well, I'm going to play the drums and I'm going to do this and we're going to be a band. And then it's like three, three weeks later, it's like, fuck it. So at what point was it more or less, let's do this legit? Yeah, so we all started playing piano, but as we were growing up, especially me and Cade, we got to the point where we would play our piano recitals together rather than two individual, just so, I don't know, our teachers could get through more students quicker or something. I, I'm not sure, but we had a, uh, there's a program in Calgary called the KLM Rock School, and it essentially takes a whole bunch of students who play different instruments and puts them together in a band, and then they rent out a bar and grill at the end of two months or whatever, and the kids perform for their friends and family. So me and Kate actually did that with a different drummer. So it was me, Kate, and some other drummer. And then Dane started learning the drums because he wanted to be in the band. And after a couple years and a quick interview process, we decided that, that Dane could be in, and we kicked the other guy out, and here we are. We asked him, are you our brother? He said yes. And then he was- <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine just having, like, all your posters up around town. It's like, new law. It's like, it's a brotherly band. It's like, wait, but Dane's not in it. It's like, Dane, are you our brother? Yes. All right. Teach him. Yeah, that's exactly it. So let's talk a little bit, too, about, because I've I seen that you do an Instagram, or was it, yeah, an Instagram Live and a Facebook Live of talking about the America's Got Talent. And I thought that was really interesting because on the one hand, when you see it on TV, you know, I, I come from a bit of a media background myself, so I know everything is not always sunshine and rainbows. There are stuff that they'll be like, hey, laugh here, or hey, can you uh, can you smile a little bit more? And you're just like, oh, this seems so, like, not genuine. Right. But I yeah. like how you kind of elaborate a little bit on it, not to a bad extent, but like you gave people a little bit of behind the scenes. But, you know, overall, how did you find your time on America's Got Talent? It was amazing. Like it was, it was really everything we could have expected, especially as as people who grew up watching America's Got Talent. You know, just to be there and sit in that back room with the big AGT sign. Like it was, 
a very surreal experience. And I really don't think it sunk in until after we we performed and left the stage and we're probably flying home. It's like, dang, we just did something really cool. Yeah, I, I know for me, like walking on stage, it was almost as if I was just watching a giant screen at home and they're talking to these contestants. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this all before. Oh, right. The contestant is me. They're talking to me like this is actually kind of happening. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned before, when we were filming like our behind the scenes stuff at moments, they were like, hey, can you like pace back and forth? Can you tune your guitar? Can you look in the mirror and put your hand through your hair and take a big breath? And yeah, so it was definitely like at times where you're like, this is not exactly what they make it out to be for TV, but it was still very cool. Yeah, I, I tuned and then untuned and retuned my guitar for like five, ten minutes. I think it's like an interesting concept because I know what they're trying to play it up for TV. But when you kind of get the behind the scenes stuff, like, you know, it, it kind of takes off, I guess, the goggles of when you look at it and go, okay, you know what you're seeing on TV, when you do see someone pace back and forth, you're like, oh man, they're incredibly nervous. And then when you find out that's like, hey, psst, can you pace back and forth? They're like, I'm not nervous at all. Can you pretend to be? It's like, oh, okay, you're going you're gonna to bring in my acting skills here. Okay. It's always just kind of interesting to see that because from someone who parents watch it and sometimes if you have girlfriends that watch what's it like the bachelor or the bachelorette and you're you're wondering like how much of this is real because it's like at the end of a season it's like i choose you and then like three months later it's like ah crap i chose the wrong guy it's like no you didn't because next season we're gonna have you back on to do this and it's like um okay right so i don't know i thought it was interesting but now when you're talking about america's got talent there as well like lead me through the process of how you ended up going down i guess to the show like did you have to audition? Did you send in a tape? Or did you just show up at the door and be like, let us in, we're Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> so actually what happened is back in October of 2019, we got a super random email from someone who claimed to be a casting producer for the show. The email had typos, spelling mistakes, and it was like... It was there a was a classic spam email. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing AGT really about it, but they claimed to be a casting producer of the show and... They asked us to send in some more audition tapes and we were like, yeah, like what's the harm in sending in another video? Like even if it's a spam, yeah. they can't really do much with that. So we followed up and then they asked for another video and then we sent in another one and then so on. And it went kind of like that for probably four or five months. And then in January, we got an email from an actual AGT email with like the big AGT logo at the bottom. And, and it was like a ton of contracts that we had to fill out and, then eventually, yeah, in March, March 6th to 8th, they actually flew us down for an all-paid trip to, to audition in front of the judges. Oh, wow. Cool. I mean, I, I don't mean, I don't want to, like, try to get you in trouble or anything because, I, I, again, I'm not so law-savvy, as pun intended there. Like, what kind of things were in the contracts? Like, were you allowed to kind of state things or was it more or less just saying, like, you know, anything that we publish, we publish, like, you know, it belongs to us, all the rights belong to us. Is it, like, more or less that kind of nitty-gritty stuff? So we actually couldn't tell anybody okay. that we were going down to the show. We like really couldn't talk about our audition process until afterwards. And then we only could invite 10 people down with us. So it was like kind of weird. How are we going to tell these 10 people that we're in, down in L.A., but we're not like we can't say that it's America's Got Talent. But uh, we did get 10 of our closest friends and some of our family to come down and support us there. And then even afterwards, we couldn't say if we had made it through or not. 
until the episode aired. No, I, I understand that concept because, I mean, it's it's like anything. Like when you put out, um, for example, a new album, like you get press releases that say, okay, you can do the interview, but don't post it till after the album is out. And it's sometimes if the act isn't really in on it, they'll give you a vague answer for their album. And then you're like, no, no, listen, this isn't going to be posted till after. Like, oh, cool. And then they get more elaborate in it, right? So it's all timing. But I do think that's an interesting concept because... You know, you get lost in the moment of television where when you're looking at it, you're like, oh my God, this is live. This is actually happening. And then if you go to their Instagram and you see very little posts or, you know, you track back a few months later and you see that, oh, this is when they're in Nashville. It doesn't say they were in Nashville for this event, but then you're like, I'm starting to get it in. Like, I'm starting to understand what's going on. But yeah, that's that's really cool that, you know, it all started almost like a scam email. As long as you didn't give them tax information or your visa, right? Yeah, I, th- I think it was legit. We're at the point where I think it really happens. It, okay, good. Because I was about to say, like, it, it's like, we're still not sure if we were on AGT or if it was like, you know, some kind of like, you know, dubbed version that they like convinced us. And like, I don't know how this all happened. That would, that's like a really cool conspiracy theory. If you're still wondering if you're on and you're like, I, I see myself on the TV, I mean, it must have happened. Then you wake up like, oh, it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. How well did you do? Like, you know, which judges did you kind of get a feel liked it and didn't like it? Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't really watch the, the program as much, but I'm just kind of trying to keep it in tune for people that may be fans of you guys, but maybe don't know the AGT background. Yeah, for sure. So. The, the biggest thing is, one, we didn't get a full spot. So um, what you even saw on the show, we, you got one snippet of one judge's criticisms. When we tell the story, we like to, you know, go through sort of what at least all the judges said. So the, the big yeah. thing was they they felt that, especially for this season, they didn't want original music. They wanted a cover. You know, when you sing an original song, you have to convince the audience not only that you're good, but also that your song is good. Whereas if yeah. you do a cover, it's just one or the other. So... So they said, you know, this song maybe wasn't the strongest for our voices or showing up what we could do, uh, which was totally fair. It wasn't our choice for the song. You know, that was something that the producers chose for us beforehand. In addition to, like, our clothes and our hair, all that, you know, the executive producers of the show sort of chose with us as we were sending in those videos. So we didn't get a choice in the matter. So that sort of felt good that maybe the one thing that they didn't like was out of our hands. And then the other thing is Simon is the executive producer of the show. Like, he's the big way. He's hired all the other judges. And so you could notice that every time he would lay out a criticism, the other judges would sort of follow suit. And so he's not a big country music fan, and, and he said that. And so it, we, we knew sort of at that point, it's like, well, we're, we're at a severe disadvantage now because, you know, all the judges are going to sort of follow what he says. And it seems like we were sort of put at a disadvantage right at the start. But, but Terry loved us. So. Yeah, that, that's all that matters. You know, in, in Simon's case... I mean, he does have a little bit of credibility to it, but, you know, if you don't like country music, you don't. But I I feel like you're at a more advantage in the sense of if this had to be a Canada's Got Talent, it's the judges maybe will be a little bit more Canadian-based. You're definitely going to be a little bit more country-based because, again, look at where you're... I'm not trying to stereotype, but, like, you know, look at Out West. What is Out West known for? You have, like, the Hunter Brothers, I believe Tennille Towns, Paul Brandt. It's like, it's country music. It is what it is. So... You know, you're coming from a country place, a country background. So if you had Canadian judges there, like, I'm, I'm thinking if you went to maybe a voice where at, I'm just trying to remember, I think it was like the voice or one of the shows had Shania Twain on at one time. It could have even been the launch, but I'm sure if you went like to the launch, you'd get a little bit more of a, a push forward because you're having Canadian talent that grew up in the background and know a little bit more about the country music than Simon. 
Well, and, and Howie Mandel, who is a judge on the show, he is Canadian. And when Simon said that, he's like, oh, you guys, that, that sound is sort of country, like I'm not a huge fan of country. Howie's like, well, they said they're from Calgary, Simon, like that's, that's the country capital of Canada. So, so it was nice to at least have him on, on the panel to sort of justify it. Yeah, just to, I mean, just to kind of even it out, right? Yeah. Now, you have a new song out, Wish I Was There. That's the new song out. Like, with that song... Give me a little bit more detail, like who wrote it, did you all collaborate on it, and how, basically where did the song come from? Yeah, so we had the opportunity to go down to Nashville and record some, write and record some songs with some amazing songwriters and producers, Brian White and Will Nance. And so when we, when we got down to Nashville, we met with Brian and Will, and we spent two days basically just writing for 10 hours a day, basically, and we would... You know, we, we got three songs that we were extremely proud of. And then we were in the studio for one day, I think a couple of days, two days, two days we were in the studio. And then that was it. We had all of a sudden three amazing songs. It was just one of the most surreal experiences. And working with, you know, some of those producers and sound engineers and musicians down in Nashville, that was like just to see the, the level of professionalism and skill was just so motivating to us, but also, you know, a little bit intimidating, like they're so good. Yeah, so, and, and typically we've wrote songs in the past individually, and so this was one of the first times actually that we've collabed on it, and I think we, we really enjoyed that and we look at doing that more, but yeah, this song in particular, even though we wrote it back in February, it was when we were down there, before everything that happened with COVID, it actually fits, like, I, I think it fits pretty well with the message, just, um, it, it, again, wish I was there. It's, it's about hoping and wishing that, that you're with someone who you can't, who you're not with at the time. So now, of course, I, I'm a Newfoundlander, so I'm, I'm going to kind of poke fun here. But it's like one of the lines is like, I wish I was the coffee you were drinking. I was like, yeah, but what about if the coffee's like not that great? Would you really want to be that coffee? <laughs> like, it's like, you know, it, it it sounds good in a song. Don't get me wrong. But if I walked up to someone, I was like, yo, I wish I was that coffee you were drinking. They'd be like, oh, get a life. And I'd be like, OK, see ya. It's, it's a little bit creepy, honestly. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of songs are like that, though. It's like, oh, I walked up and said, like with Florida Georgia Line, it's like, oh, I walked up and said, baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down. It's like, if no one ever said that, like, I don't think they would get the girl, but yeah, there you go. See that? See, there you go. There's a new concept that you could do on, like, your Instagram, like, you know, t- just taking songs and be like, here's how it sounds when it's sung. And then people are like, oh, yeah, I love that song. And it's like, here's how it sounds without music <laughs> yeah, like, well, baby that. you're a song you make me want to roll my windows down and, and cruise there you go and then someone's just gonna be like oh my god what the hell get away from yeah. him so our coffee line doesn't look that bad right now <laughs> exactly and that's why i brought it up exactly now with covid you know how you guys been keeping busy because i mean you can't really go out and perform you know, in these live concerts and venues. So, you know, what is your strategy here? So I think a big thing for us right now is to focus on the more behind the scenes things. We've been fixing up our website during this time as well. And then just trying to do what we can for social media, trying to release these songs keeps us busy, gives us things to do, like reach out to people, ask if they could stream the song or share the song. So we've been doing what we can to keep busy, trying to kind of incorporate our social media more into the TikTok side of things. Yeah, we're trying to go um, big on TikTok. So. Yeah. yeah, we're keeping busy, but at the same time, like this is Dane talking, I just graduated high school. So that was actually keeping me busy up until the end of June and Ty's 
uh, still taking some classes in university right now. And Kate has a job, so we're we're keeping busy even through COVID. Okay, interesting. So, so Dane, like now that you've got high school completed, I know like music obviously is, I guess, number one, the thing that you want to do. But you know, if it wasn't music, were you thinking about university or college or what aspect? Yeah. So I'm actually taking a gap year to pursue music, and then I'm going to go to business at the University of Calgary, but also continue to keep uh, doing music through that because music is my number one, but I also would like to have a degree as well. So, yeah. Ty, you, you said you were doing online classes or courses. What, what's your major or like, you know, what you want to graduate with? Yeah, I'm doing a, uh, my major is mechanical engineering and I'm also doing a minor in entrepre- entrepreneurial studies and new venture startups. All right. Yeah, a lot of that that new venture stuff has has really helped. It sort of transfers over into you know running the business of new law. You know how to market, how to manage a company. So it's good. Okay, so what did you get your degree in? I'm um, I'm actually working at my local church. It's called Foothills Alliance in Calgary, and I'm in charge of the worship there. And I graduated from university actually in Canice. So I'm not right now using my degree, but maybe one day. Oh. Okay. Would it would it be something that you want to break out on tour? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the last thing I want to kind of touch base on or do is I want to play a game of How Canadian. Okay? All right. Awesome. Sounds good. So the the idea of How Canadian, uh, we've got a number of acts to play it. It's just a fun base story. Like I I don't know if you've ever heard of the the Down by the Bay where the watermelons grow. Like it's a it's like a preschool song where you just make up a random crap. But in the How Canadian aspect, it's telling. A very Canadian story that you would think only happens in Canada. So we had like Splash and Boots on a while ago. And his example was, I was late for this interview because my polar bear didn't show up to the igloo on time. Um, so like, obviously, it's like elaborated. Uh, Sarah Nurse's example, the hockey player, she had down. I checked an American hockey player and apologized <laughs> to the ref. How, how Canadian? I'm like, yeah, that's Canadian, but it's also the Canadian yeah, yeah. rivalry making sense. So what would be like a very how Canadian story that you guys have? Okay, like a quick side note. We actually build a backyard rink every year. Um, so that's Canadian right there. That's pretty Canadian, but it gets better. So, And it's like a pretty decently sized rink, good enough that you can play three on three on. And one of Kay's buddies was over once in shorts and a T-shirt. Not even a T-shirt. He had no shirt on. Shorts and no shirt. And he said, and I quote, hey, bud, I'll take you on a game if you want a game, eh? And I was like, man, this is like one of those like stereotypical moments out on a backyard rink. It's like probably five below. He's wearing shorts and no shirt. And he says that it was like, yeah, very like Canadian. It sounds like something you'd see on like letter candy, but it's almost like a camera. You, you almost had to have a camera there and be like, you did not just legit oh, yeah. like, exactly. now now like if there's people like american tourists be like i knew it i knew that's what they're like it's like no you just took five seconds of a canadian example now you think that but that's all canada it's like well is it it's like no go to the next door neighbor's house and it's like hey bud i'll take you on a give a hand too we'd be like damn exactly it's like, <laughs> yeah it's like i don't mind americans thinking that we do stuff like that it's, it's pretty good to me <laughs> the last thing that i want to do or the last kind of game that i want to play here is i'm going to name some some acts and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind or like either the first song or whatever the first thing that pops in your mind are you ready ready sure yeah all right so 
If I say NSYNC. Justin Timberlake. Oh. And the curly hair. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> frost, frosted tips. He's the first thing Okay, perfect. So, okay, okay. So far, so good. Uh, Avril Lavigne. Mary Chad Kruger. <laughs> I just thought a skater boy. Okay. Whoever said the skater boy, I'm with you on that one. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, and now if I said Celine Dion. Oh, I have, n- I have nothing. Just iconic. <laughs> okay, I thought you were just going to say, I have nothing, as if you go, like, who's Celine Dion? I'd be like, ah. <laughs> Celine Dion for me would be Titanic. Um, oh, oh. I thought my heart would go on. So. There you go. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. And I'm sure there's other people that will listen to this podcast and be like, really? That is your first thought, Celine Dion? And everyone will be, have something different. Someone will be like, Stuart Little. I'd be like, really? That's your first thought? Um, Shania Twain. Oh. Who's bad every week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think of like, I, I don't know, just like a country bar. And like any one of her songs comes on like the radio and everyone's just going crazy. And then that's, I feel like a woman was the first yeah. one that popped in my head. Okay, that's fair. As soon as when I think Shania Twain, I think I don't know if it's the music video. I think you've said the song, but I just think of the jean kind of jacket with the no shoulders and the jeans where oh, she's like yeah. out on a farm. That's my go-to image. Um, yeah. If I go with, let's go with I guess a little bit more local, but out west maybe. If I said Paul Brandt, low voice. Okay. Alberta Bell. It's got to be Alberta Bell. Okay, perfect. I like that one. Uh, Brett Kissel. Not as low of a voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, uh, yeah, I, he puts on a, a great show. I was just saying, like, a great entertainer. Perfect. Okay, I like that. If I said Tennille Towns. Oh, our piano player was her, or our piano teacher was her piano player at one point, so I make that connection whenever I hear her name. Nice. All right, that that that's actually really interesting. That's a cool concept. If I go with uh, Nickelback, <laughs> I, okay. The first thing that came to my mind was underrated, and I know I'm gonna get hated on that comment. Cave has this this weird love hate relationship with Nickelback, where he knows that he should hate them, but he secretly really loves them. It, we all played hockey growing up, and like their songs were always in the dressing room, so like it takes me back. Like, to those, like, young community hockey days. Yeah, Nickelback was also your first concert, so. <laughs> You know what? I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend Jade here, or, yeah, I'm gonna defend Kate here by more or less saying that, um, I had that kind of hockey background where it's like, uh, and, and I grew up watching wrestling as well, so it's like, you know, when you hear, like, uh, I think it's like the 2006 Stanley Cup Finals, they had Edmonton, yeah. is it, yeah, Edmonton, Carolina, and they had yeah. Nickelback see you at the show, and I'm like, Man, if that doesn't get you amped up for stuff, I mean, burn it down. Oh, they really? They have so many. Yeah, they have so many, but then, like, you know when you go out in public and they're like, oh, look at Nickelback, man, it sucks. And you're just like, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to New Law for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thanks for listening and good night. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.